make a deal with Netflix and you don't have money that comes into you forever. You get paid and then money 20% more or 30% more, but you that's it. It didn't come natural to me. There's so many things that I think about now I wish I had known when I was younger. What I believe resonates with people who are particularly now is content that has some sort of meaning to it. It's more than just pure entertainment. And so suddenly MTV was the only thing it seemed in the whole world and all of Hollywood and everybody else was taking their cues from this startup. I did not know a single writer when I became a writer. I think if you're trying to become a writer from someplace other than Los Angeles and New York, I still think that's really difficult. Welcome to Entertainment Business Wisdom with your host, Kaya Alexander. Hi, and welcome. I'm Kaya Alexander, host of the Entertainment Business Wisdom podcast. I'm here today with our special guest, Glenice Mullins. You would know Glenice as writer, producer on such shows as Star Trek Discovery, Surface, the second season of Outer Range, and now Lord of the Rings, as well as John Wick Continental. Glenice, really excited to have you here with us today. Hello. Yes, it's 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 good to be here and, and uh, chat with you guys for a little bit. Thanks for making time for us. You are always so busy. <laughs> Try to keep, you know, it's 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 a hard uh you have to have 15 irons in the, in the um in the fire to you know hopefully one catches so yeah it's it's uh it's a lot of busy tell me about how you found the track and decided on writing for television um well i i actually got in the industry i was um in post production for a good decade a little over a decade um so i kind of did a side door entrance into writing. Um, but, uh, you know, I always, as I was growing up, always like wrote other stuff besides screenplays, you know, like bad poems and emo songs and, you know, Depeche Mode was when I was. <laughs> so, you know, I always like did that kind of stuff, but it wasn't really until um, I found my way into uh, post-production and editing that I really started um, kind of applying the writing to screenwriting um, and uh, then just like really you know editing in itself is very much a form of storytelling you're like putting a puzzle together and finding the best way to tell the story that's given to you um, and then even making up you know, kind of fixing and 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 smoothing out, you know, things that maybe weren't working too well, and you have to figure out a way to make it work. Um, but and a lot of editors go into directing, um, I think, because they want to have control of the footage that they get. And I think I I took that one step you know, back and it was just like, I actually want to have control of the story from the get-go and the building of the world and the creating of the story. Um, and so you're not, you know, you're putting the puzzle, the original puzzle together. Um, and I started doing, I started writing um, kind of in between projects because when you're an editor on something, it's 14 hour days. It's, um, very 12 14 hour days usually it's amazing at the energy to write anything yeah that's why projects it's so in time intensive that's why it was kind of like you're so focused on that that job um that you really can't split the two it is like it's hard to go home and write on your own thing when you're thinking about the other project um and so like i would take the times where i was in between jobs um, and write. And then it got to the point where I was getting angsty when I had to stop writing to actually go do what my job was and go start a new project. So at that point, I was just like, I should really try to get this writing thing um, going because I'm finding this is really 
my pocket. This is where I'm feeling like the the most fulfilled. Um, and I love editing. I I I think I just love storytelling, and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love directing too, but it's all kind of like starts with the writing. Um, and so it took a while because still editing post-production is part of the industry, but it's such a different part than it's different people. It's different. Like it's not the same world. It's the same world. It's not the same neighborhood (laughs) as writing. Um, and so it's still, you know, you, it was still not easy to get people to read. It was still not easy to, so I still did the competitions. Um, I, and that's kind of how I broke in is, um, I was a finalist at Page actually. Um, and that's when I got some manager meetings. Um, uh, one of the judges at Page reached out to me um, and I got a meeting with him. Um, and then my friend who's a director, um, this is for a pilot. And my friend who's a director uh, said, read the pilot. And it was after, of course, I was like, other people like it. He's like, okay, I'll read it. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's how, that's how people are. They want, you know, even if they like, they read your writing and they like it, it's always that, oh, I'm not going to be sticking my head out too far because other people are on the same track. I'm not the only one who thinks this is good kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he introduced me uh, to my uh, current manager, which he was just like, this is a really good guy. Um, and so I interviewed with him too. The judge did or the director did? The, um, well, the judge was, the judge of the, one of the judges of the competition was at a management place. Oh, okay. To come in and interview with him. I got, in that time, I talked to four managers um, and I went with the one that my director friend um, uh, recommended. And I absolutely love him. He's amazing. Um, He's kind of was the perfect combination right then because you always hear those stories of uh, it's scary to go with the big companies um, because starting out because you're going to be a little fish in a very big bowl and they're not going to like really push you to the the top because they're going to be concentrating on the writers that are actively making the money. but getting, being, you know, a fish in a small bowl also has its issues because they don't have the same re- outreach. They right. don't have the same connections. They don't have like, oh, this person, we're rep- representing this showrunner, you know, and they're looking for a writer. So it's not the same like connections that you get in a small bowl, but you get the attention. So it's kind of like <laughs> weighing the pros and cons. I really, lucked out because my manager was a uh exec that was um moving into managing so he was a newer manager at a big company so it was kind of like he had um he was building his clientele roster and he has now much much, much, much bigger people than me, but he can, he still, he took a a chance on, he was at the point in his career that he, and I think he still does this, but because that's just the kind of person he is, but he took a chance out of like, I really like this, this script. And I think I really like this writer and we're just going to take the shot. And um, did the script that he read, was that the one that was the finalist and page? Yeah. Um, And luckily, Luckily, that script has done very, very well in um, as my sample, oh, nice. um, as a sample that got me my first jobs, and also we sold it. Um, so, <laughs> so his his gamble on me paid off. Um, but that manager, after not that long being with him, maybe a month, uh, he introduced me to my agent, um, and. I have been with both of them for as long as I've been, and they are both I've, amazing and kind of like the dream team because if uh, if one doesn't know stuff something, the other one does, and it's kind of like, and if they both know, like if there's a show or something like I really like and excited about staffing on, 
they both have like their corners to reach out to and like make sure that I'm read. Um, so it's good good to uh, to uh, have like different angles coming at things. Um, for, um, for, anyone, for anyone listening who might not necessarily know for a writer, how manager and agent, like what roles they fill for a writer, because you can have just a manager, um, but then you have manager and agent. How does that end up um, supporting you, working for you? And how do those roles um, go together essentially for in your team? Um, I, I think traditionally, because uh, traditionally it seems like the manager is very hands-on. The manager will, uh, your manager will read your scripts in different, not, it doesn't have to be the final draft. You know, they'll come in and read an early draft and give you notes. Um, you can bounce ideas like, hey, I have this idea I'm thinking of. And they could, they will, you know, say, well, maybe, maybe not that one. <laughs> you focus on this one. I really, really, I really think the, you know, this one was a much stronger one to, you know, put your time into. Um, just kind of that guidance of your, of your uh, creative career. Um, at the same time, uh, there is managers that can do a little crossover of the agent where they can reach out to people and be like, hey, I have this fantastic writer. I think you need to read them. Um, and and uh, depending on your manager's reputation and clout in the industry can get your stuff read and by very high levels um, and get your foot in the door. And um, agents, on the other hand, are what they are allowed to do that managers are not allowed to do are is close deals um, and uh, do the uh, more like financial <laughs> uh, paperwork and, and stuff like that. They're not an entertainment lawyer, which is great to have too. Um, but if you don't have entertainment lawyer, they can actually close deals. Um, they can, they can, uh, do that uh, more official uh, work for you. Um, they also get you read. They also put you in positions of actually uh, getting that job. Um, they connect you with uh, studio execs. They connect you with directors. They connect you with um, producers, uh, all that. And the, the, in my situation, the manager, agent, um, relationships cross over a lot. Um, my agent is uh, a godsend. <laughs> he, he's very much um, hands-on also. He is very, very good with pitches. I hate pitches, but you have to do them. I, I pitch more than I write scripts now. Um, <laughs> um, but it's he's been in the business. He knows what producers what they're looking for and the the words that are gonna like spark their interests. And so me, I'm just like, I just want to write the script. And he's and this is, you know, the pitch. He's just like, well, the structure of the pitch, but also the busy words of the pitch. And it's a sales doc. And so that takes like that's part of my brain that I'm developing, um, how to do the sales pitch of a show and that just getting so he's giving you notes on your written yeah. so he's 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 very much hands-on on like helping me uh do the the selling part of it the um the pitch part of it the the maneuvering the uh the actual like what is going to land the job to get you the 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 um to sell this to 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 industry or to to a studio or something like that so it's, he's also very hands-on in that. So I think the major thing is find somebody, if you can, that is passionate about your writing um, in a rep, because then they will feel like it is um, in their best interest to give you all the right tools to succeed, because then they succeed. Um, they're only making money when you make money. I love that. Can you tell us anything about the show that you sold? Um, 
Well, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a pilot. It's an hour um, long drama. It uh, actually sewed um, with uh, in a bidding war um, between uh, two uh, studios, and right now it's with um, Westbrook, which is um, which is uh, Will Smith's company, and uh, Endeavor Content, which is not Endeavor Content anymore. It's now. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they they have a name change. It's fifth season. Fifth now. season. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, I think they had uh, some uh, another company come in and like merge or something like that. I'm not sure, but um, but I got a new uh, cover, a title page <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, and it's just it's an action thriller. Yeah. Oh, and it's an action thriller. This is the one that did well in Page that everybody loved. I love that and we don't hear about many women writing action. So this is that's really exciting. Oh yeah. I think that actually that actually helps me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> because it's 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 I write more. I I I come I'm kind of all over the place in in um what I write. I love a strong character and I think that's just in anything. Um, but I, I mean, I don't write comedy cause that's a whole nother muscle. And I wish I had that um, like straight, like I can do funny scripts, but like a sitcom where it's like that laugh every, no, I can't do that. Um, it's too much pressure. Um, but uh, I think being able to, I think I kind of sneaked in at a time where being able to kind of write high octane, you know, that very driven um, kind of uh, action thriller. Um, when people were like, oh, we need women that write action right now. I was like, hey, I do. Um, and I think that that helped. But on the other side, that kind of got me in the door. But I, if you can see the stuff that I staffed on is a lot of sci-fi and fantasy and surface is like um uh it's like a soapy uh thriller you know it's just like that hello sunshine type of um kind of uh emotional woman-centered thriller okay. um so it's not i i know a lot of people say you kind of get pigeonholed with um your your genre but um, I think if you just really concentrate on like really de character development and like uh, the dynamic, like emotional dynamics, you know, and stuff like that, then that's the through line in, in every genre. And I think people can read your script and read into it. Oh, like these aspects are very much like this show that I'm working on. And that could be a sci-fi, that can be a thriller, that can be an action, that can be whatever. But if you have like all enough of those elements in your sample, then I pe think people can like see that and go, okay, it doesn't matter what genre she, you know, this script is. Um, I can see how that will work in the room for this. That makes a lot of sense. The The characters and the human dynamics of the relationships between the characters sounds like a, a core piece of your expertise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I try. <laughs> I try. I think that it it should be a core piece of uh, just you know the 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 tool in the writer's uh, toolcase is toolcase. Is that what it toolbox? Toolbox. Yeah. Okay. You can tell I'm not a not the uh, handyman in the. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I know, if it has anything to do with surfing, I can I can grab the analogy, but <laughs> definitely not construction. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So this you and you have had this really interesting career. I know we have a lot of Star Trek fans who listen to the show and also among my students in the entertainment business school. Talk to us about working on Discovery and that experience of being in that room. Um, I became friends with you, I think, around the time that you were working on that Facebook friends and you were talking about the diversity in the writer's room that just sounded really inspiring. Oh, yeah, I love that room. I just loved people in that room. Um, just really... I've been very lucky with not having um, that room, that that horror story that mm -hmm. you hear a lot about. I think hopefully that's getting weeded out because just as much as there's 
talented people that rise to the top that are not uh, nice. I think there's just, if not more talented, really nice, cool people. And so hopefully that that nice crowd is, you know, pushing out the uh, nobody really wants to work with um, is the no asshole, you know. Toxic yeah. culture sucks. Yeah, nobody wants to work with that. So I think hopefully as things are progressing, it's like people want to work in a situation where everybody is, you know, feels comfortable pitching without like any fear of like um, being ridiculed or, 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 or like, um, or like, you know, made fun of, I guess that's ridiculed, but like that you don't have that insecurity of like opening your mouth to say a pitch. And luckily like in the rooms that I've been in and it's all, I think from the top down, um, you get showrunners that are very uh, inclusive and very like, when you when you pitch it's like there, it's not that instant like oh that was stupid you know you never want that because then that person's not going to want to pitch and the next idea could be fantastic and you never know even with like the bad pitches I know I'm rambling I'm going on another oh, thing but even with the bad pitches there's could be a nugget in that pitch that is like that leads somebody to think of okay that didn't quite work but that made me think of this. And then that is like the gold thing. Um, and I think um, that was very much the thing in the room of, of um, discovery is that they're very much just yes and. It's just like if you, it was very, just very nice, talented people that we're open to hearing ideas wherever it came from. And um, the showrunner over there, Michelle Paradise, is just, she, she just comes from, I think, uh, um, uh, like a spot, a, a place where it's not where she is like really concerned about what level you are or what, you know, how long you've been you know, working in the business or anything like that. It's like, honestly, you have a good idea. Let's hear it. <laughs> you know, if you're staff writer, you have a good idea. Let's hear it. If you're EP, you have a good idea. Let's hear it because you were just there to make the show better. Um, and I think the more shows kind of lean into that, then the more like you're going to get out of your writing staff and the more people that are going to be happy to show up you know, it, the next day in the writer's room, they're not there just to get lunch. They're there because, you know, they they feel like they're being heard and they're like, they those creative juices start flowing. And I think you get, um, you get uh, better uh, breaks when you, when you don't like have people coming in scared. I haven't had that in TV yet. I've had that in other walks of life where it's just like you, you, you wake up in the morning and there's like that, weight on your chest where you're just like, oh, this is not going to be fun. And you're driving to work and you're like, I just don't want to do this. And I think you can't, that's like the death of creativity. Um, and so in a room, when you have showrunners that are really, um, really not only like open to ideas and kind of setting that precedent themselves, but are seeing other writers when they are maybe falling into that ne negativity and kind of stopping it in its tracks. Um, and luckily I've been in uh, rooms where showrunners have been very, um, very much on top of that. I love that. It sounds like positive culture that just affects everybody, makes it safe to share ideas and, you know, the value of each person contributing something to that, getting you on the road to a better story. I think yeah. that's why those stories are so good. And I mean, and in, I mean, obviously not everybody has great pitches. I mean, not, not, not everybody has great pitches all the time. <laughs> you know, you can be the most brilliant <laughs> story mind out there, but some of your pitches are just not going to be fully, you know, right for the storyline that we're working on right now. And that's okay. 
it's not something that you could throw that out and people would be like, all right, I hear what you're saying. And okay, well, <laughs> you know? and when you get that, you're like, all right, that didn't work. <laughs> you move on, you know? <laughs> and I think it's okay for people to be like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> and be like, but that's not the end of my career, you know? people are going to be receptive to the next one or, you know, just take that as like, that's not the direction we're going in. But I think making an environment where people feel comfortable to fail in their pitches also, um, just, I love that. yeah, it, it's, it's lovely. It makes it for, it makes a very fun place to work in. What advice do you have for writers who are staffing for the first time? Um, well, is one like, I think there's, it's like 50, 50, there's two really big, um, buckets that you need to pull from when you're staffing. One is your, your, your samples, your samples have to be above and beyond, you know, everything else that they're reading to stand out, um, to get you that meeting in the first place. Um, and so really, really honing in on um, your, obviously your craft. Um, and like, for me, the, like the most helpful thing is reading scripts, reading other scripts, keeping just that kind of like um, education of what's, you know, good scripts and bad scripts and what not. When you're reading a script and you're like, I don't really like this, that helps inform you don't, you know, stay away from that kind of thing. And, you know, so reading bad scripts is just as helpful as reading good scripts. I was a development exec. So I think that was actually my best education. I mean, I read a thousand scripts and then you're also reading the crap ones going, oh my God, this is so bad. And then understanding and analyzing, okay, why is it bad? Why don't we want to make this movie? And then knowing what you're gravitating toward and what about that writing is great. And it's such an education by the time you've read so many scripts. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree. Um, I still try to read as much as possible. Um, uh, so that that's that's been something I've been trying to keep on top of. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, when you so when you have that fantastic sample um, and that fantastic pilot or feature, um, if it's TV, pilots better, but they will be features um, every once in a while um it's when you land that meeting it's usually there's there's usually and it's just not all the time all this is just kind of movable depending on the showrunner the studio whatever the network um but most of the time you meet with the exec first um like um and the exec is kind of like doing this meeting to make sure that your personality is going to be um something that the showrunner is going to appreciate meeting. Um, so she doesn't want to, she's kind of, she's kind of that, 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 uh, that gatekeeper that is just like, okay, I don't want to send the showrunner just like complete messes. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make sure that their personalities are going to mesh. Um, and so you go in and you, you talk the furthest to the exec for usually about an hour um, just the first thing is the small talk and, you know, kind of touching base on where everybody is living and traffic and, you know, it's that, and that is very like useful time. Like that small talk in an exec meeting is that sessing out and filling out uh, basically that you're a human being and <laughs> people you're, you're able to like carry on conversations with people and, um, you're likable. It's a, like the, the very much thing in this business is you're not going to be that toxic person in the room, um, that people don't want to work with. Um, so after that small talk, it's that, so Tell me how you got into this writing thing. Tell me about, you know, your your road uh, into, into writing or tell me about like 
your life? How did you, where did you grow up? And so it gets straight into that uh, kind of uh, pitch yourself conversation. Um, and at there's a when I first did that, I was really, really nervous talking about myself. I feel like practice in the shower, like talking, what is my pitch myself kind of thing. Now I've said it so many times <laughs> that it's just like, um, it's just like, okay, these are the, the points that I make. And if I, if I ever like talk to this exec again, they're going to probably hear the exact same thing with very little like diversions of, oh, well, I started at and then I got into post-production and it's just like the whole spiel. Um, but you get, the point is you get very comfortable at saying it and it gets a lot more conversational and then they'll jump in with, oh, you grew up here. I live, you know, so it's just that back and forth of them kind of just really sussing out um, your personality. Um, and then if you were sent the script, um, you'll talk about, like if you were sent the pilot of the show that you are trying to staff on, you'll talk about the themes and talk about the characters and talk about what you really like about it. Um, don't talk about what you don't like about it. Uh, <laughs> unless they specifically say, hey, we were thinking about this. You got any ideas? That doesn't hardly ever happen but if it does happen don't blow them off you know but say it in the most positive light but it's always you know I was really I really loved this character I really was wanting to find out more about this dynamic I think this would be a really cool area to lean into that kind of stuff that really shows them that you read it you dissected it you thought about it and you're really really ready to jump into this right now um and then they're like all right great you then hopefully hear from your reps or you get an email that they're setting up a showrunner meeting and then that's when you really have to produce <laughs> and that's <laughs> the exact same setup though it's the it's the uh same thing small talk tell me about yourself let's talk about you're um, let's talk about the the pilot you read or let's talk about the full book that you had to read before coming in and doing this because it's a, it's based on an ip um that's the thing a lot of this is reading full novels oh. <laughs> or sometimes trilogies um before a meeting and then not getting it and then <laughs> read another full book before meeting or coming in on the fifth season of something um, and then having to go watch like five seasons of something before the showrunners meeting um, in a like mad dash marathon so you can come in knowing the show and then not getting the show <laughs> and then having to do it all over again. Um, so there is a lot of uh, prep. There's a lot of prep work. There's a lot of um, reading material that gets sent over before like you, I, I uh, just very recently um, had 24 hours before a meeting, before a showrunner meeting where I got called the day before saying, we're setting up a meeting for tomorrow. Here's the pilot. Here's the, um, here's the season, the, the Bible, the series Bible. And it's based on a comic book. So go and try to find the comic book. Not exhausted coming into that meeting. <laughs> yeah, it was in the it was the next morning. It wasn't even oh, like I it wasn't that, even day. that day. And it was just like a comic book of vault, you know, with multiple volumes. So it was just like it's really like a lot of hurry up and like get prepared for a meeting because you don't have much time and they expect you to coming in knowing this this world that you're about to pitch on um so that just it's that just happens a lot there's a lot of stuff being made in ip now and so it's like um there's a you're reading a lot um but you're reading a lot you're reading a lot you're it's just i mean i guess you could be if all you have to do is read a comic to to try to get a job then it's a much you're not digging ditches <laughs> yeah, I'm not lifting shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's it's a lot, but at the same time, you know, you're you're reading stuff that people read for fun anyway. <laughs> so 
love that. I love that. So is showrunner next for you? Is that where you're angling your career? Um, I am. Yeah, hopefully I, I am developing a lot. Um, I am pitching a lot. Um, and so that's what I'm kind of trying to, uh, to, to focus on is selling another show. Um, shift is in development. Um, and my pilot is in development. And, uh, so now I'm like, okay, you know, like I said, you have to have at the very beginning, you have to have a lot of irons in the fire because things, um, a lot of things don't stick. Um, and a lot of pitches don't go. And a lot of things even in development fall out. So it's good to have a lot of um, projects kind of circulating at the same time um, in different you know, areas in different um, different uh, levels of development. So something on, on the script level, something on the pitch level, something that's at a studio set up somewhere. So you kind of like, you know, are never not doing something. Um, yeah, you got to have a lot of horses in the race because you never know which ones are actually going to going to finish. Yeah. Who's going to cross the line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I also write films too. I know I've been talking about TV a lot, but I don't know. I features. I know I came yeah. from a background in development, uh, develop as a development exec in features. And I, I love features. I wish we actually had more of them now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and the, the thing is, uh, you know, there's a lot, it's hard to find time to work on features when you are in TV, because it sucks up a lot of time when you're in a room, but um, I started out writing features. Um, it was just kind of like the the TV side that uh, that took off quicker. Um, and I love TV, but I also love films. So it's like, I try to do uh, both as much as possible. Um, uh, I just have not had enough time to finish this new one. <laughs> it's coming though, it's coming along. It's just like, yeah, there's a lot of stops and stops and starts when something else like it's the thing is a lot of things get put put on hold when something else gets a little bit more traction and then you go back to it. As I am recording uh, in front of the students at the Entertainment Business School, I know a lot of them have questions for Glenice, so I'm going to go ahead and open it up for Q&A for the folks who are on the call um, and we'll go ahead and start with Kawan. With your years in the editing space. Did that give you an unfair advantage or a unique perspective when you transferred to actually creating stories on the page? And if so, um, what did that add to your page crowd? I You're asking uh, the years in editorial, how that helps my writing? Is that, okay, yes. I, um, I think it helped a lot, actually. I think... Uh, because when you are in, um, when you're editing, uh, you are very much in tuned with um, the musicality of, of the scenes, the flow of scenes, the efficiency of scenes. Um, and so it's keeping the attention of the viewer. Um, and so in that, I think very much uh, translates to writing. Um, it's it's going in with the very honed kind of like same editor's eye of transitions and coming in at the meaty spot of a scene and leaving people, you know, kind of leaning in their seat going, okay, what's happening next? And that is a lot what you're doing as an editor is holding like, okay, holding the audience's attention and not letting those those ebbs, uh, those like, those uh, those spots where people are going, they're they're gonna, you know, their minds gonna start wandering. You have to do that in a in a, in a script too. And I think kind of having that kind of those kind of tools um, to already embedded in you um, when you're turning your attentions into your attentions to writing help tremendously. Um, I have been in, in rooms where people are just like, oh, yeah, you get your, your editor's mind. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not sure we need that. We can probably just go into it here and people will make the connections. And, you know, it saves time. It saves like it saves 
I think my first drafts are are a lot shorter than most people's first drafts because I'm already cutting <laughs> in like, I'm already like doing that. All right, we don't even know why we're spending so much time with this. We can just kind of go straight into this. Um, and I think that that comes from the editing side of it. I also think any, um, any like experience in production, be it post-production as a director, as a producer, anything that kind of like deals with um, story in the industry is gonna help you tremendously in as, as a writer. So I think um, as a writer, getting experience wherever you can, going to visit sets if you have a friend that's doing a short and stuff like that. I think that also helps with writing. Thank you so much, that was so helpful. Thanks, Kwan. Let's go to Ryan. Hi, Glenice. Thank you for uh, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I'm a huge Star Trek fan myself, and I really liked your episode of Discovery because of the relationship between Booker and um, Burnham. Burnham's my favorite character on that show. Um, and I am a former uh, award-winning journalist uh, turned screenwriter, and I write science fiction and noir and I hope to staff on Star Trek one day, or that is my mission. That is my goal, my ultimate goal. And I was kind of curious because Star Trek Discovery has the most diverse cast of all the Star Treks, hands down. And Rings of Power also has likewise the most diverse cast of any Lord of the Rings production. And I was wondering, what do you see as the challenges of reflecting, because I'm Filipino American myself, so how you, and queer, and I was wondering how you reflect the BIPOC and LGBTQ issues in these sort of genre settings, especially in a futuristic setting like Star Trek, where everything's supposed to be egalitarian uh, and all of that. And how do you bring your own experience to that work? Um, well, I think I'll keep it um, more on the, the, the Star Trek side of it than the rings of power side of it, because that's very much a hot button right now. Um, spoilers. <laughs> not even just spoilers, it's just a hot button right now. Um, I'll let the I'll let the showrunners <laughs> speak for speak on that that aspect of it. Um, but uh just overall in like my my stuff normally, um and I I think that I tend to I've grown up just kind of around every body and so to me to have a diverse cast um and even if you're in a a, a sci-fi you know where you have aliens you have different species you have different like interacting um it's still to me the core human relationship kind of thing that you're putting on a alien um because because they're not human. but you know no it's, it's the dynamics the it's the the being dynamics that you're kind of focusing on so um on so to me it's just kind of a natural um muscle to have a lot of different um types of um viewpoints in a story um on the other hand my I, I understand that me, my comfortability in it is not everybody's comfortability. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I think it's important in general to show people that there are a lot of different viewpoints. There are a lot of different um, facets that make up um, a, I, I keep wanting to say human, but the the the, the make <laughs> you know mankind kind of like thing. It's not just this one uh, species. If you're going sci-fi, it's not just this one race. If you're going human, it's just like we the world is much bigger than most people's little pocket. Um, and I think it is good to show the world or the universe, or the galaxy, whatever it is, is going to show that there is a lot out there outside of yourself. There's a lot out there outside of 
what you are used to seeing in your own little neighborhood or your own, you know, little like inner pocket. Um, And so I think that's helpful. I think that just, you know, opens up communication and opens up seeing outside of um, seeing outside of like what you're normally seeing and knowing culturally that other people maybe can have something to teach you. Awesome. Yeah. That's kind of like my philosophy of, of approaching how I bring my own experience to my work, trying to find that common ground in different viewpoints. Thank and you I, so much. I, yeah. I know I was keeping it very much on the whole like race and stuff like that, but I think it's any other than yourself. Yeah. It's any, yeah. it's, it's religions, it's sexual orientation, yeah. it's any other um, is, is good to show, you know, just a whole lot of different facets in, in, yeah. in Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Love that. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Laura. So one of my questions is, as someone who brings a wealth of life experience, but who has not been in a room yet but that's one of my goals if i wanted to work in the science fiction and fantasy genre which is really where i live in my head when i love those stories what would you suggest that a writer needs to actually you know above and beyond the you know gotta have a great script what would somebody who wants to work in one of those rooms on one of those shows really need to show a showrunner to get into that room it's 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 hard because a lot of times you know most of showrunners and studios x and um network execs they only accept things through reps most of the time um and it's such a like kind of a closed door if you don't have a rep so you have to find those little openings <laughs> those little, you know you have to find a window or something like that to, to kind of like to to go around it um but it is it, they make it quite difficult to uh to get your to even get read when it doesn't come through a rep and I understand that's a very legal you know legal thing is you know they don't want to say some you know somebody come later and be like hey that's just like my script that episode you did um so they want that trail that paper trail of of things um also uh so also that uh that does make it very hard for uh for people to break in um and traditionally um it kind of has been this way of people would go on the show as like a pa um, a writer's room PA and then work up to maybe a writer's room assistant um, or a showrunner's assistant and then kind of get into the staff writer position from there. They'll just like work from the bottom. It's like the mailroom um, working up from the bottom from uh, in, in the TV world. Um, so, but those writer's assistants jobs, those PA jobs are almost as hard to get as you know a staff writer's job it's just like the the competition to get in is 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 fierce um so what i think has opened the crack a little bit now is social media um twitter is writer's twitter is a great way for somebody who is not repped to kind of um poke their head up and like, you know, obviously not in ways that are, is um, annoying to writers, but every once in a while, showrunners, if you go on there, will like open up their DMs and say, hey, I'm willing to read this. I'm willing to read. I'm looking for this specific type of thing. Um, my DMs are going to be open for this amount of time. Um, send me your log line and jump on those like those opportunities um, when they do happen. And they it's happening more frequently. I'm seeing is showrunners, our um, execs, our producers are saying, "Hey, 
I'm feeling generous right now. I'll read. <laughs> Send me your log line. If this sparks, I'll read. Um, and that's uh that's very like that's kind of like such a this time where people are willing to do that is is such a gift. Um, and I would say just make sure that you um jump on those and that's a lot of like it's another full-time job of like kind of making sure that you're seeing those things and being present on Twitter and but also like being present present enough that people are seeing your name people are seeing your face people are getting familiar with like your little like you know post or your little your um your your uh check-ins and you're like oh congrats on I heard that this went and congrats on that and you know kind of like staying present in their peripheral world and then when they open up those dms and they see your name they're more apt to be like oh she okay it's kind of you're familiar to them and they will be more apt to read and if they love it they'll be more apt to be like okay this isn't a short list and let me send these to the execs um and if they respond to it, then too, it's great to, um, you get the meetings and you possibly get the spot. Um, that is one possible way. And it is a full-time job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on top of all that. Um, another possible way is the, there are a very small handful of competitions that managers keep an eye on. Um, and if you win and if you place, then managers will reach out. And um, if the managers even not, and managers will reach out, but still, if you are a place, a finalist and the nickel or finalists in Austin or something like that, that's when you need to start curing. Curing, what is the word? Querying? Curing, okay. Yeah. Um, but that's when you need to start like reaching out to um, managers and reps that are open to uh, su submissions, um, code submissions and not code submissions, but they're open to submissions. And you can go, hey, my my script, this got one, you know, third place in the Austin Film Festival. This is the log line. Um, I love the stuff that you, you know, work, the, the the type of clientele you work with. And, you know, I would love you to consider reading um, my pilot. And if they request it and they love it, then that's another way in. So it's just kind of like hitting this armor from every angle and seeing, you know, where there is like a little gap that you can kind of like squeeze your way in. Um, besides like, competitions there's the fellowships which is a competition kind of in itself to get into it but um fellowships are great and a lot of people have started their careers um doing um, the different fellowships that are out there um they are amazing they are also the competition to get in is ridiculous but you have to try you know it's just like yeah so there's all those like kind of things that you are active you're actively doing yourself while you're waiting for a rep to be open to take you on and do the same things for you while you're also doing all the same things for yourself um yeah so it's really being a your own activist um and like trying to get your face out there get your name out there and get your writing out there um, another thing that I find, I ramble a lot, I'm so sorry. Another thing that I find really helpful is peer-to-peer -peer groups, like finding writing groups that it's going to, and it might take like some trial and error to find the right group of people, but writing groups of your peers, like even like people in the same position as you now that are just trying to break in. It's so helpful because one, you get people that you trust their taste in writing. And so you trust their notes and they get to know your writing and they get to know what you're going for. Um, and when you give them a script, they can give you honest, helpful feedback and you do the same for them. And that is 
really, really good to have. Um, but at the same time, they know your writing. If they get into a position, they and like they are a staff writer on a show or executive editor um, or, or um, executive story editor on a show or whatever position they are on a show. And the showrunner goes, we need to bring somebody else in. Who are they going to suggest? They're going to suggest somebody that they know the writing of and they like. Um, and so it's just like, usually people pull, you know, it's, 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 it's a social game. People pull from the buckets that they know. And they like, I like this person would be fun to work with. Plus they're a great writer. Let me, let me, you know, pass their script on to the showrunner. And a lot of people break in that way. So it's, uh, there's, it's just keeping all those like different, uh, different plates spinning <laughs> and hoping that one of them is the one that, that kind of like that, that really breaks through. Great. Thank you. And I don't find that rambling at all. That was like, basically my, that's going to be my plan of attack. Now you just outlined the entire, you know, thing I need to do for the next, you know, year. So thank you very much. I appreciate no it. And it's, it's those, part, those questions are like, are, are interesting too, because you can talk to 15 different people in the industry and they all got in a different way. You know, it's never works the same. Let's go to Judy. What's the best way to, to go about finding a non-writing showrunner per se, or someone like that who, who would, who would, you know, get involved in, in a project like this? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, you mean like a non-writing EP? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause a showrunner is going to be involved in the everything, even the creation, not the creation of the little thing, if it's not there, but the, the writing of it, um, it's showrunner is going to be involved in all little aspects. Um, but a non-writing EP, um, can be very helpful with, um, you know, doing all the producing aspects of handling different department heads and basically the mechanics of of putting a show together. Um, I have only really worked within in my TV like career. I've only really worked within the studio system, um, so I don't have much. I know. I'm sorry. I don't have much experience. <laughs> Um, trying to find, uh, like putting together a team, um, beforehand. Yeah. Um, I've, I've only kind of like done my pitches and gone out to studio execs or not studio execs, but production companies. So you can like, if you are able, you can put your pitch together and, and, and reach out to production companies, mm -hmm. um, that, it's, they're not studios, they're producers. Right. Um, and you bring them on and they will do, you know, the reaching out to get like the more, you know, intricate pieces of the puzzle together. Um, so I think that is probably the, the okay. you know, is production companies. I don't know <laughs> how you really like, uh, reach production companies without, um, without like, do you have a rep? Yeah, I do. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well then your reps, reps and lawyers and stuff like oh, that. Oh, great. Yeah. I then they thought maybe you had a, you know, an yeah. to the, I don't have like, uh, but a, um, way to, a way to like, uh, I haven't gone that route. Yeah. So I don't yeah. have great. I understand. And Oh, before I forget, I love surface. Oh, thank you. That yeah. was a very <laughs> subtle, beautiful show, and I love Gugu. So thank uh, you. Yeah, thank, you for that. thank you. Yeah, let's see. Um, I think today, I mean, this day and age is very. Uh, there's good TV. There's good TV, and I think it's also just going back to like Rings of Power and House of Dragons. They're two very different shows, but I think this is such a good time for sick fantasy lovers. Yeah. You know. It's like, it's like you can really just
just be happy that there's so much really good fantasy on right now. <laughs> be it, you know, I, I watch both. Obviously, I watch Dreams of Power because I love it. Um, and it's like a world that I've been steeped in for so long. And I just love to see like the words on the page come to life. But I've also been enjoying, you know, all the other like really good fantasy. I'm, it's just so, it's so pleasant. It's so nice to really have people throwing, like giving money to productions and that big productions that deal with worlds that um, really wasn't like a priority before. It's yeah, good. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And again, for being here. So, so appreciate you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Judy. Um, we'll go to Yvonne. Yvonne will be our last question. You mentioned earlier that the most important thing is to catch and to retain the audience's attention, obviously. Um, how do you balance that with just raw inspiration like for example like an orphan single scene that you see in your head maybe from a picture that you saw from a song that you're listening to um and how you bring all of that together and still be mindful of structure i see um like like what's the dance there right i, I know there's no formula but just try to describe that to uh, to us um i do get a lot of inspiration and stuff like that like a lot of my stuff comes from that waking dream area where you're like, you're coming out of a dream and just waking up and something like stays in there and it's a nugget. And then I just kind of work off of that and develop it. Um, that's uh, happens a lot. Um, but uh, a lot of times in... I have a film where I knew the I knew the very very opening scene, the open like opening image, and then how it ended, um, and so and those two things stayed the same through all the rewrites and through all the development of it. It was just that was kind of like my anchoring, and then I built the structure, built the story, and everything kind of like within it. Um, so I those those things of inspiration um i think is fantastic because it just sparks something um and then usually you build on it you build upon it and you build upon it and you build upon it and then you go back and you rewrite and you rewrite and you rewrite so it's kind of like that's the spark but you still have to go and do the work and do the structure and make it the story and then and and kind of mold it, mold this clay into something that is good, that it's really like that people are like, but it's always that spark that is usually like the um the thing that makes it special, you know, the thing that people also you were completely done with writing it and completely done with structuring, completely done. It's the full package. People are gonna be like, you know what's so cool about it is that. <laughs> And that's the thing that made you go, you know, what would be cool. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I say just lean into those, those inspirations and then build the staffing around it to, to make it really stand up and shine. Is that okay. Me? Last question. Yeah, it did. It did. Last question for real, for real, Kai. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is the, what is the, the, um, I don't even know how to say it. What's what's that period? What do you what do you see? What do you find works uh, for you in terms of the amount of time that you need to lay a script down and be able to come back to it with fresh eyes? Oh, I see. Um, I think it really depends on the person. It really depends on the writer, like, and depends on how much time you have. Like, if you're on a deadline, there's not that much putting it down and like uh, you can finish it go out walk the dog and <laughs> come back and start and start reading it fresh um because it needs to be turned in in the morning you know it's like that it really depends if you have time it's good to put it away start working on another project and then come back to it pull it back out and be able and read it with fresh fresh eyes 
Um, that's great. I think completely going away from it and engrossing yourself in another project for a period of time, finishing that project and then going back and reading it really, that's like the, that's, I think that separation is helpful from, for the fresh eyes, but sometimes you don't have that luxury. Um, but if you just, you know, if you don't have a time frame that you need to get it in, you don't have like, then yeah, give it, give, give yourself enough of a separation that you are, your mind has switched over into something else and you've finished that something else. Now you can go back and do a pass with fresh eyes on that other thing. And then when you're done with that pass, you can go back to that project that you started after it with fresh eyes on that project and then do that. Um, and you can just kind of like rotate through your projects like that. Yeah. Um, and then when you have done those passes enough and you're just like, all right, and you've set it out to your 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 writing group and um, your reps or your, you know, your mom, whoever like, can like give you some like, no, this is ready. Then you send it out to uh, try to get people to, to, to jump on board it. But um, it's just uh, constantly like rotating your projects. Um, I think it's helpful when you can, when, but if you need to turn that in, if somebody's asking for it and you need to, the competition date deadline is, you know, tomorrow, or your reps are asking for it, or your producer, or you know, your writers group, whatever it is, fresh eyes need sometimes are like half an hour later. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Yvonne. Glenice, I want to thank you so much uh, for your time today. This was just a masterclass. Um, thank you for your grace and your generosity for being with us. Um, I learned so much. I had so much fun with you. I love your laugh. Uh, it was great to have you as a special guest on the show. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Yeah, and these panels are fantastic. And it's so great that you're doing them to kind of like pull back that curtain that's uh, hard to see through when you're, you know, to kind of like really like, oh, this is not so, uh, so, you know, what is it? What is the, the Wizard of Oz like behind the, the curtain? It's just like, no, it's just people trying to do their job and the job is, you know, writing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Entertainment Business Wisdom. We invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Please like, review, and share it with your friends and colleagues. Kaya Alexander can be reached on Twitter for your questions or comments at This Is Kaya. Get entertainment business career training as well as a free special report how to pitch anything in one minute at www.entertainmentbusinessleague.com. Thank you.